What do you get when you combine a licensed professional counselor who loves lifelong physical fitness with a strength and conditioning coach who loves mental development? You get Jonathan Pishner and Jerry Hanley, two guys who love to help you find ways to fix problems that will improve your life through what they call asymmetric habits. Specific changes you can make with outsized payoffs. Good morning, USA. And other countries are welcome too. So hello, hello from the Asymmetrics Habit live broadcast with myself, Jerry Hanley of Viking Performance Training and my good friend, Jonathan Pishner of Apex Counseling, where we come together, of course, to talk about little changes you can make to your mindset or to your life and hopefully see bigger outsized improvements um, in your life and qu like quality, happiness, and the things you want to achieve. Today's topic is that you got to do the thing. And so it sounds pretty basic. And we're going to see that this does get pretty basic, but also very direct. And it's something that a lot of people actually, in my opinion, at least struggle to do <laughs> is actually just to constantly do the thing. Um, so JP, before I start confusing people, what are we talking about? <laughs> so one of the things that, uh, that is unfortunate in habit change is the brain doesn't do a particularly good job of differentiating between thinking about a thing and doing a thing. And a lot of people get stuck in the information gathering phase or the preparation phase of making a change. And they never actually make uh, like real action steps, uh, whether that be anything from working out, starting a business, uh, stop smoking, whatever. They'll consistently and constantly eat information with little to no implementation. And it feels correct to do that because since the brain can't differentiate between the two very effectively, it feels like you're doing a lot. But if you stop and actually examine what actions am I taking, a lot of people will suddenly realize, oh, I'm not actually doing any actions. I'm just thinking about it a lot. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of today is going to be about how to break out of that cycle and how to reasonably move into the action phase of change as opposed to getting stuck in that perpetual thought loop. I didn't realize like how widespread this was really until for me, it was probably the last five years ago, but it's because one of these things where we yeah, didn't, um, it's not that I didn't see it, but just didn't think of it as like an actual like type of type of action or non-action, so to speak. It, it didn't stand out as a phenomenon is what I should say, mm -hmm. I guess. And like for me, and I actually mentioned it in the written caption um, of this broadcast is I remember when I first started taking like the business development aspect of self-development seriously as a small business owner and started going to some live events. And I remember, I think it was Andy Frisella, um, say like use the term success zombies. And he was directly talking about and calling out all the people who go to conferences and seminars, listen to speakers, find out, you know, like either hands-on action tips they can do to improve their business or, you know, mental things to try to just improve themselves, whatever, have all the intention of the world to actually go do these things by going to this conference. But then how many of them actually go, just go home, go right back to the normal routine and never do the thing. And they just keep going to conferences and 
keep getting hyped up or motivated at the conferences, learning things, but then just never actually putting them into practice with the net positive result basically being negligible. <laughs> like, there's there's a hilarious uh, little post that, that circulated on some counseling boards I'm on uh, that said, uh, man, uh, all those notes I took at all those conferences I've been to, I, I don't know where they ever went to, but I hope they're doing well. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's exactly it. Like a lot of people go that they take notes, you know, they'll be, Oh man, this is so great. They'll stick it in a file and never think about it again. And, but the brain takes off like, Oh man, I went to this amazing conference. Look at how much action I'm doing. And yep. you feel amazing. Yep. And no changes is made. Yeah. Yeah. It really is so easy to fall into this trap. And, uh, to, you know, to give a couple couple more quick examples for people listening, you know, another big one you see from this for all walks of life is reading. You know, I feel like, like reading is another one. You know, if you're reading for pleasure and it's fiction, adventure, history, whatever, something like that, you know, that's that's a separate type of thing. But if you're reading any form of book or content with the intention of, to like learn things to do and to improve, you know, whether it's. A self development become stronger mentally book, or like a fitness book, or I mean, it could be like a, you know a cooking book, something like that. Of uh, how many people read content to do that to learn more things, but then again, never actually apply the things they're reading. You know, um, the I'm going to read a hundred books this year, or fifty two books, like is a kind of like I'm going to read one book per week. Awesome, but again, it's like out of those books that they were intended to help you, did you actually go and apply any of the things from the book? Mm -hmm. That's a very common one for uh, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and actually, that, that's that's a good one to comment on because the if you're doing the read one book a week thing, like especially if they're self-improvement books of any stripe, um, that's not bad to do as long as you recognize you are not going to be doing all of the actions from all of the books. Like, like you, you would never end up being able to do all of that. If you're eating all of that information to find three or four heavy hitting action items that you want to implement and you're going to read a book a week to find your three or four, that's fine. But a lot of people accidentally do exactly that. They, they, they uh, get themselves on some kind of schedule and, and just expect the actions part to happen, mm -hmm. not realizing that you have to really bring actually even more intentionality to it than you do the, uh, the thinking and the preparation phase. Um, so honestly, this, this first part is, is the part that sounds the simplest, but in a way is the hardest, uh, you know, if a person's going to break out of this, being aware of the vulnerability to that very dynamic is, is, has got to be the first step. You know, if, if you're going to move to the action phase, knowing that you are vulnerable to getting caught in an infinite thought loop, uh, at an infinite preparation loop. If you know that, you, you at least then have the opportunity to avoid it. If you don't know that and you're not aware of it, it's really hard to avoid the trap. Uh, so, you know, you know, if we uh, start talking about how does a person break out of this, awareness, number one, is going to be key. And just always being somewhat aware that no matter what change you're making, you're vulnerable to this dynamic. If you know you're vulnerable, you, you have the chance to break it. It's one of my favorite words in the show. Like awareness. I mean, you just got to be aware that this is such a common trap to do. And like, like so many things, it's, you know, it's like um, 
feel like the very common accident almost of good intention, good meaning, but then coupled with the easier thing to do, which is actually nothing. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like we again we we mean to do to learn things, so we do so we go that far. But then we'd say we just follow the trap into that like lower energy or easier thing to do. And then just to go back to normal. And in our yeah. minds, we play our minds are so good at playing this trick of like, oh, we know how to do these things. So maybe when the time is right or maybe later or maybe starting next week or something like that, that we might start these new things. Like I said, we know that that's not that, that's that whole tomorrow never comes type of idea. Like mm -hmm. it just. It's so frequent. Um, I want to take a quick pause because I think this is amazing real quick. You know how at the very beginning I mentioned, um, you know, hello, I'm like, good morning, America and other countries, rest of the world like that. Hello, Baptiste <laughs> from Africa. You were the man. <laughs> but so that pause, was like, oh, man, this is great. So I, I love this guy. Um, Wonderful. Uh, That's cool. You can share that to the screen. I've never seen that. Well, yeah. well. Lovely to have you with us, Baptiste, and any other fans in Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. I do a lot of cool things over there. Touches base on Facebook. Baptiste, keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, so <laughs> the fact that like that greeting today happened to pop up like that. <laughs> I mean, it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, so like, so, so the, 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 there's there's a thing I'm curious about because I, I always think these stories are valuable for people to hear. Because I'm sure we've both done it, and probably even recently, because this is a hard trap to avoid. Uh, what's some of the, the spots where you've gotten caught in the infinite thinking and preparation trap? I know what a couple of mine are, but I'll, I'll have you do well, yours yeah. first. I mean, like, uh, this is one that for me, it's probably easier to, like, almost reverse figure out. Like, because so, like, there's mm -hmm. the type of, like, knowledge is the one type, I feel like, so the very common one that we've already talked about. Um, another one I feel like is you know, like, uh, promises, it, like, you know, whether to ourselves or to other people is just, you know, something like that. Again, we intend to do this thing for ourselves or for other people. We promise it. And then we just, again, like intending all, like all the good things, we just don't do it. Um, or don't like, don't do it or like, yeah. And so I feel like those two types are the biggest ones. Um, I mean, for me, a big one has been for a long time, which is, you know, as a strength and conditioning coach, you know, I'm on like two, three years of trying to break the, I like, I need to get back into working out regularly mm -hmm. thing. You know, I made progress on that last year when I started going to the local gym, to the local gym that's two minutes from my house instead of the gym that I own. Um, that was a good one, but it's been, a, but the last few months really, since like getting into winter and everything again, just, Things have got yet again gotten busy enough with like the running the business side, running the gym, um, that I just keep not doing it. it. It's like I'm not gonna lie, it's in essence almost not important enough to me. Like I want to get back into like it like into the uh, shape that I was in. I want to get back into that fitness lifestyle, but it has so much of a different value now compared to what it used to almost the rest of my life that yeah. finding that making myself or doing the things that I need to do to get, do the thing and actually get back in shape. Don't have that fuel behind them anymore. So well, 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 tell you what, before, before I do a couple of mine, you're, you're suggesting something here that's worth people knowing. Cause uh, you notice I, I keep uh, saying certain words over and over again, you know, thinking about it, prep, preparing or taking action. 
Uh, I, I'm really talking about Prochaska's stages of change, uh, which is an actual psychological model. Uh, and one of the things you're suggesting is you're starting to realize like you, you went through contemplation, preparation, moved to action, action got wobbly, you know, kind of sort of happened, kind of sort of didn't happen. And now you've moved back to contemplation and saying, wait, hold on. How important is this really? Is this like, am I doing this the right way? Am I doing this the way that I'm, I'm actually interested in? And that's actually a very important thing for people to know about, which is a lot of times we make up an idea in our head. Here's what I want. We start doing that. And then we're like, oh, I wasn't aware. I'm not very interested in paying the price for that thing. Let me go back to contemplation and think about this again and, and, and figure this out. You know, would I rather have some different version of this where I'm willing to pay the price of it? Uh, so th that's that's actually a really useful thing for people to think about. So you're, you know, as I often say, you're clearly thinking about this correctly. You just didn't know there's also a model to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, some of the ones where, where I got caught, I, I've got a really good story um, just from maybe the last two weeks. So uh, I got caught in the uh, really all the way at the end of preparation and, and got caught at the final action. We, we were designing this little information sheet for uh, our clients uh, whenever they get on our wait list. Just some stuff about the practice that's useful for them to know before they have to wait for a month, three months, six months, depending on how long it is. Uh, you know, just like what insurances do we take? What's payment like? What are the what are the counselors schedules? So they know like the person they signed up for, does their schedule match? There's all that stuff. So we, we basically just had a little sheet we're going to send out to clients, uh, designed it, edited it, reviewed it. Um, and then maybe two weeks later, uh, our front desk person said, hey, somebody asked me this. What should I say? And I was about to say, well, that's on the information sheet. And then I realized. I didn't complete the final step. I didn't send the stupid information sheet to the person who's supposed to pass it out. <laughs> it, yeah. it was ticked off in my head as done. Like I, I, cause not only had I done all the preparations that I completed multiple actions, except the final action. Uh, you, you know, and, and so I, I like telling these kind of stories because I think it's valuable to hear the the person who's teaching this like gets caught too like this is a very human dynamic this is not like oh you're stupid if you get caught by this so don't be stupid stupid it's like it's really more just like this is always at play and always present just notice it and be ready to to deal with it once you notice it mm -hmm. uh so many work ones yeah that's, that's why i didn't even i didn't even use that type of example uh because so many and it's like this is more likely to happen, you know, like with, well, it's like, you know, just only one or two months ago, we talked about multitasking and th this is more likely to happen. Like, you know, when you keep starting more things and in intention to finish them all or get them all done, like I said, like it's, we're so, we're not wired to actually do that so many different things at once, especially if there are more like projects or just bigger ta or tasks that take some time, like whether it's work-wise or home-wise, that, that that this definitely has some relationship to how many things you try to do at once. Well, like, like mm -hmm. you're talking about the books. Like yeah, if you read all the books and want to do all the things, it's just not going to happen. So if you want to do the things, you got to actually stick to like, it's just 
one or maybe a, a small couple to actually be able to do them before you can really move on to something else. Um, yeah. And another part to that is remember too, like everybody doing something new. Like if we're talking about a habit change, doing it once is not a habit. And honestly, doing it two or three times is still not going to be a habit. Like habit change takes repetition, frequency, and time. And that's another place a lot of people fall like fall down on this. Like that's a big one for me is I'm fairly good and above average at doing something really hard at least a few times and getting it started, but actually turning it into a habit is still where the, is still where, where it becomes a little bit harder, like cleaning the house or, you know, like cleaning anything. Like when I decide that that's the day that I'm going to like sweep the floors, mop the floors, vacuum, something like that. Like I can put some good hours into it <laughs> or something like that, you know, but actually doing it on a regular basis and making it an actual habit. So we habitually have a house that's getting cleaned. That's different. <laughs> so, so it's not, so again, it's not enough to know that I need to do that more often. It's actually finding a path for me to systematically do it successfully. So let's talk about some paths. Uh, Cause I, I have some favorites that I know of and some favorites that I've implemented. Um, there's no perfect one for most things. So, so just providing a bunch of examples, I think could be, could be valuable. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to steal one that I, I saw from online. I, I, I sincerely wish I knew who this was so I could name drop and give him a little bit of credit. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was a fella I was um, I was watching and he, and he was talking about the uh, reading all of the self-help books. And I might I might misstate it very slightly, but it was something very close to this. He said he would read a chapter and then he would not allow himself to go to the next chapter until he had implemented something from that chapter or, or, or perhaps written down something he was going to implement from that chapter. I, I think he was insisting that he implement something before he moved on to the next chapter. Uh, and, and sometimes that that's, that's a good one. I don't think you could do that with every book. Um, I'm reading Ray Dalio's principles right now. Uh, that's like drinking from a fire hose. And if I did that method with that particular book, I would still be reading it 150 years from now. Uh, but a lot of books, you can probably do that. That, that method would probably work well. Uh, and it's probably a good starter method for a lot of different books. So that, that's why I came across online. I was like, yeah, okay, here's a great way to read self-help yeah. books. Uh, and I've got a few more, but I, I don't know if you happen to have any off the top of your head that are like, oh, yeah, here's, here's a way I've seen people move to action and break out of that cycle. Um, see, like the method that works most for me Yes, it's, this is still a weak point for me. I'm not going to lie, but it's like um, it is I, I can't think of a term for it, but basically surrounding myself with it, like reminders wise, like I'm a, a pretty visual guy when it comes to that type of thing, reminders. So when it comes up, like when there's something I'm really trying to, to focus on, I try to get it in as many places as I can, like on the desk, on the board in front of me. Um, constantly, like constantly writing it in my planner, like every day, like I might literally every single day I get to my planner, like might be one of the first things I do is write myself like that note or that thing, like a reminder of something that I'm trying to start establishing and doing on a more common basis. Um, <clears throat> even to a degree, my first two tattoos are in essence, two reminders that I wanted to have, um, permanently <laughs> about things that, uh, 
Like, like I said, were just important to me. Yeah, because one, one of them's a quote. And I can't remember what the other one is. Yeah, one of them is uh, the last line from to cut like a the poem Tecumseh, which I mean was written by him, as far as we know, the the uh, Native American chief. But the very last line is "Sing your death song like a hero going home." So, so just the idea to try to like either do grand things or noble things or just live the life that you want to. And the other one, as far as an action step, uh, uh, that's. That's a good one if extreme. So kids, check with your parents if you want to implement that particular <laughs> yeah, this action. Is this is true. <laughs> um, and then the other one is repetitio est mater studiorum. I'm probably completely uh, annihilating the pronunciation, but repetition is the mother of all learning. Which um, okay, is okay. To- I, I didn't remember they were both quotes. I could I couldn't remember what the other one was. Yeah. Which ironically, that one came up on a show we were actually watching just last night, and I was like, it was a really boring character that said it, but I just, <laughs> but I was like, hey, like he just said my tattoo. It's like it was in the most boring way possible, a tattoo. <laughs> but I said, just like reminders, and I've actually, it's funny though, because with these two things, I have thought about, I like almost getting other tattoos of things I really want to remember. So it it is a viable strategy in my mind. Like is it extreme? Well, 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 one of my one of my favorite lines is it's not stupid if it works. So I mean, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that just goes back to the like I like the constant uh, visual reminder to help because basically it helps me keep repeating it in my head. Uh, yeah. There's another one that's uh, that's useful for a lot of people that I, that I'll suggest, and it's funny you're gonna laugh at me because I always rag on you for being Mr. Spreadsheet, uh, but tracking has a tendency to to help a lot, and, and it doesn't have to be complicated, but tracking actual actions uh, has a tendency to be able to break through the the thought and preparation cycle. Because if you are tracking, uh, how many days did I do at least 15 push-ups? Well, well now it's binary. If I did 13, I don't, this day doesn't count. If I did 15 or more, then it counts. Uh, and you can amplify that with the Hawthorne effect, uh, which is if, if other people are tracking it with you, that it, uh, it goes even better. Uh, I'm actually doing that with a client presently who struggles with this greatly. And I said, well, okay, we're going to break out of this. So you're going to create a tracker. You're going to share it with me. And that tracker is your ticket in the next session. If I don't receive a share link for that tracker, well, I will, we won't have a session until I receive that. Uh, not to like, you know, really uh, uh, kick somebody or anything, but because since he's vulnerable to this, I'm now crafting a way to make it so action is required before he can even do the next contemplation preparation step. Because people in therapy are vulnerable to this too. They'll come, they'll listen to the therapist's words, they'll nod their head, they'll be, oh man, that sounds so great. They'll exit the office. And then when you come back and you say, hey, how did you implement what we did? They'll be like, uh. And so in in many ways in therapy, we have to help them break out of this cycle too. And so uh, uh, we're using the Hawthorne effect for a couple of my clients right now. Well, that's actually Uh, great you said that right there because like this is one of the places where if it's something big enough to where you go get professional help, the professional help alone can like can be a big part of just do, I mean doing the thing, like you know because 
we're like that too with the gym with training is you know like it's not so much that we it's not that we always know more than the client quote unquote or something like that um because you know some people can train long enough to where they i mean they learn a lot about fitness like you know at least enough to get to say what their initial goal was but for a, a lot of people who who like really make it stick long term or what they value is not even that part but the fact that you know like the trainer is actually helping to keep them like keep them coming in, keep them accountable to coming in. And so they, they do, they do it efficiently. Whereas it's pretty common to see people go from training and seeing progress and getting their results with, with a trainer, with a professional to then if they try to drop down and do it on their own for a while, um, either just because they think of it or maybe, you know, to spend less money, whatever it may be like, there's a drop off there. Some people do it successfully, but some people find themselves dropping off and eventually like, maybe falling off the, the, the fitness lifestyle they were building. Well, Same. Yeah, that's one of the things that comes up a lot is, you know, matter of fact, back to it's not stupid if it works. Um, people will get all down on themselves about like, oh man, I would really be able to take this action step if I just like, if I had a trainer, if somebody's there watching me counting my reps, <laughs> even if they don't know anything about working out, if they're just watching and, you know, it, like if I do 12 out of my 15 reps and stop, they'll say something. That's enough. But a lot of people block themselves because instead of like just being like, OK, well, let me go pay somebody to be part of this process with me. They make up that they should, I don't know, do it on their own instead of like they already know what action step would be helpful, uh, you know, tracking it, hiring somebody. And sadly, a lot of people talk themselves out of it because they think it's somehow silly that they need that. When in fact, like if if it works and it's going to get you the direction you want, just just do the stupid thing. Yep, yep. Um, so I got one more like path that I want to bring up, but then I actually have oh, yeah. like one more situation that I want to that I want to ask you about. So the path is another one we talked about a lot is systems. Like this is where like doing the thing. This is where crafting ideally easy to follow easy to implement systems can like can help you actually do the thing and again like keeping it simple and like and in some cases it can even be like you know keeping it simple but also having it be things that are relatively foolproof if possible I, you know like a really common one with the fitness idea is for people who like people who feel like you know their best chance of working out or are you know early in the morning you know, there's the a lot like one of the one of the really set examples that a lot of people use is like setting their workout clothes out the night before, having their you know their running shoes out, their water bottle, whatever it may be, but prepping it all the night before. So when they wake up, all they have to do is simply grab their gym bag or put their clothes on and go do the thing, whether it's to run or go to the gym. By setting themselves up the night before, that's their easy system to go do it. And again, that's just one common example that a lot of people use to great effectiveness. And so anytime you can find, or, or just, again, not find, but create ideally easy to follow, easy to implement systems, that will increase your chance of doing the thing, especially if you also can add in ways that help you, that help prevent you not doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good example. Let me give a, uh, let me give a fitness example to that. Cause it's, it's a nice, easy one. Uh, a lot of people will have, and, and I include myself in a lot of people in this case, 
a lot of people have difficulty taking proper fitness actions in the home. Uh, like, you know, we make up like, oh man, I've got this workout stuff in my garage. I'll go out there and do stuff. Uh, I know I struggle mightily to do proper fitness actions at home. It's much easier for me in the gym. Uh, and part of creating a system is I almost always have a workout partner and the act of having to inform someone that I will not be going to the gym today really keeps me from failing to take action mm. because if nobody's there, even <coughs> if they're not formally like my, my accountability partner, but I just, if I just know somebody's expecting me and I, and I should text them that I'm not coming, it's easier for me to take the action step just because I don't want to have to like say out loud, Hey, I'm not coming. Uh, so that that's, that's a good example of like an absurdly simple part of a system. Matter of fact, so simple. Most people wouldn't even think of it as a system. It really is. Right. Uh, mo when most people think of a system, they, they try and come up with something elaborate, uh, you know, it's like the seven simple machines, like a screw and a wedge, you know, systems should be simple, one step, two step, three step systems. They shouldn't be elaborate, complex machines. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, so here is a, another, like I said, another kind of specific way that some people do the thing. It's not the greatest, but I'm, I'm curious to find out why humans are like this. <laughs> it is anything to say, but sometimes we need to basically like have have the problem or get pushed to the ledge or mess up whatever it is get in trouble before we do the thing um example i have known for like a year and a half or something that i didn't get this the registration sticker on my car for the license i knew i i mean i got the registration i just remember back then when i when everything happened that they didn't send me the little sticker that goes on my license plate so, no, and uh, so two days ago, now actually, I don't remember, like this week, just like, just like a couple of days ago, I got pulled over because of my sticker. <laughs> and then when he was looking, like everything was actually up to date when we looked at it, which actually I was surprised about. I thought my inspection was up and it's not. <laughs> it's like, um, but everything was actually up to date. I just literally didn't have the sticker. Like that was it. And so the, the policeman's like, you know, just get a hold of the DMV, have them send you a new sticker, whatever it is. And while you're at it, you know, maybe get a new license plate because it's kind of fading and coming off anyway. But I said, that, that's one of those things that that's going to take like, well, it's the DMV. It's going to take five minutes, quote unquote. But all I need is a new sticker. But I, again, this happened 14 months ago. <laughs> and I had to get pulled over. <laughs> before I finally actually went, you know what? Let me do this. <laughs> I, all right, I'll, I'll tell you right out of the gate because I know this one. All change is scary to the human brain at some level. That's silly, but uh, it's true. And, and the reason is true uh, is probably, I, I don't know how you'd ever prove this, but it's hypothesized by many people that anything that is presently working for us for survival is good and anything that is not that is therefore bad uh so therefore all change to the human brain is scary change is generally accomplished once the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change once you experience the pain of being inconvenienced by this being pulled over 
now you were prepared to change. Uh, I, I, and I mean, let's let's inflate the example all the way to to the ultimate to survivability. Um, if you told me that I would survive 15 minutes longer at the end of my life if I changed what I eat for breakfast, I would have no interest in that whatsoever. I'd rather keep 15 minutes. I know somebody who was informed by their physician that if you do not make these 47 changes, you will be dead by the end of the year. And you ain't never seen somebody become active in change as aggressively as that person did. Mm -hmm. uh, but that pain was so much more present. Like, hey, guess what? I'll never see you again because you're going to be dead before your next checkup. Bye. That pain was immense. Tiny, tiny, tiny little pains have a tendency to not be enough to, to produce action. So the greater the pain of staying the same, the more likely action is to be produced. Now, one of the things that we're talking about and, and that we talk about a lot is we actually talk about the inverse, which is how do you make actions and changes as painless as possible and therefore the person's present pain threshold can be lower and change can still be accomplished. So you don't have to torture a person to produce change. You can also lower the change pain threshold and it makes change way easier. That's basically what we do every time we come on here. Yeah. Awesome. That's great stuff, man. I'm glad I'm glad my pulling over opened that up. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, and I had the same thing. Like uh, I failed to renew uh, one of the registrations on one of our cars and it's not one we use very much. It's basically the backup emergency car is just parked there and we use it. Like I turn it on once every few weeks to make sure the battery doesn't die, but we almost never use it. And uh, I didn't realize you could get a ticket on a parked car for busted registration. Huh. And once I realized that and I had to pay 30 bucks for busted registration, well, then I went down to the courthouse and renewed it yeah. because now I didn't want to, I wasn't sure how often I'd have to pay a ticket, but now that the, whichever officer wrote that knew that I had a busted registration, I knew he might be back and I didn't want to pay another $30. Yeah. Oh, same exact thing. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, man. Is there anything else you want to bring up? Like summarize key points? Oh, yes, yes. Key points always. So if left alone, you can accidentally fall into the thinking and preparation loop. Know that that exists. If you know it exists, it's way easier to avoid. Find ways to just determine, have you properly taken action? It, it almost doesn't matter how you do it as long as it works. You know, you can track them. You can have someone else track them. You, you can just kind of know like and and. Uh, internally take stock of, wait, was this an actual action or did I just think about things? Uh, and no matter what you select, just be in touch with, is this working? Or like, like your example from earlier, you decided, well, this isn't working the way I want. Let me go back to contemplation, think about this and select new actions based on what I really want. Um, so for the people who end up doing that, that's part of the process. That does not mean you have failed or that you're undisciplined or that you suck. It just means, oh, I didn't realize what the price was for this thing I thought I wanted. Let me go back, reevaluate, and figure out what I'm really willing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and as always, when you get caught, you get caught. I got caught like last week on something so dumb, so dumb. 
that I've failed to take the final action step, like I told in that story. If you get caught, you get caught. Just realize you forgot to take action. Take action next time. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right, brother. Good time as always. Again, everybody listening, hope you got something out of this. Thanks for chiming in as well when you did. And everybody have a great weekend if you're listening to this live. Um, if not getting any, if this is not, this is for everybody, you know, so I said, like, we get a lot out of this is talking to each other. Hopefully you get some value out of this. You know, people in your life who will also get something out of this, you know, like share it, let them know about the, about the episode. And meanwhile, we'll keep, we'll be back in just a couple of weeks and we'll catch you guys later. See y'all next time.